Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. <laughs> that was an intense fucking staring match. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be left in, but uh, the reason Matt and I just stare at each other for a long time in silence is because I farted right before starting my spiel, and Matt is just not pleased. <laughs> not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, Batman, that's that's me. That is the person whom I am. Whom? Who? Whom. Yeah, wait. It's really not. I'm just being ornery. That is the pr- is it, it's the direct object, so it would be whom. But since it's like no, it's am, more it's indirect. Like subscribe, telephone. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird start to the episode. It's a lot of silence. It's because it's in the morning. We're it like, is. yeah, we're we're it's all such a off. weird. It's actually. I don't think the episode's actually supposed to be out just yet. Yeah. We got It'll... 20 minutes to record this hour-long episode and get it edited and get it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be on time. Well, if we talk super fast, then we can get through the entire thing, and then we can just slow down the audio when we do the release. That would sound so unbelievably drunk how you just, like, the ways. <laughs> like, you slurred your speech yeah. really bad. Yep. And we just hung really all right uh matt you did your thing uh what you been up to um i've watched a couple movies um i watched mother yesterday with andrew the one without and, the exclamation mark and me i walked in, in the last 10 minutes you watched like the last no 10 idea what's going yeah, on yeah you were very lost i think you sh- i think you should watch it i think you'd enjoy it have you seen parasite yet oh yeah it's, it's the same guy who did parasite and snowpiercer oh um yeah bong joon ho when's that new show coming out is that out yet i think so I think it's not very good. But. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So mother, um, basically there's, it's a, I mean, Bong Joon-ho, it's Korean. Um, and yeah, it's set in like a small town in Korea or like, I guess village almost you'd call it. But mm-hmm. um, there's like a, a mom and she's got her grown up son and he's, um, he's clearly not entirely right in the head. He doesn't really remember things and he's kind of just simple minded. Yeah. Um, and he uh, gets accused of a horrific murder. Mm. Um, and so she kind of goes nuts trying to track down the killer and um, bring the truth to light. Yeah. Um, there are some twists and turns along the way. It's a uh, never. Turns out she did it. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can tell when you're like, when you have the look on your face. Yeah when it's such bullshit that you're reacting to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah no it's uh, it's interesting it's emotional um it's got like themes and stuff mm-hmm. um it's good really... movies tend to yeah I'm, I'm really <laughs> starting to discover that i think <laughs> it's also really funny like it's mm-hmm. not consistently funny but it has some just really funny moments mm-hmm. um a lot of it comes from like this this main character who's just a bit of a doofus mm-hmm um, and he does some silly stuff, um, but just the 
Like he, the, Bong Joon Ho's just got this way of framing things, just ordinary things, in a way that makes him really funny. Yeah. So there's a scene really early on, um, where the this main guy, um, Do Joon, is he's kind of hit by a car. He's kind of glancing blow, but it knocks mm-hmm. him over. Um, and his best friend, who's a little bit of a troublemaker, um, says, "Oh, we gotta, we're gonna chase him down. We're gonna, we're gonna beat him up because they mm-hmm. hit and run, you know, and they're driving a Mercedes." They're, yeah spoiled rich people and so they go they go to the golf course because of course that's the only place in this little village where the rich people are going to go um and they're gonna uh they're gonna attack them and they're gonna wait for them and lie in ambush and wait and attack them and so um they they go up and they hide in the woods overlooking the golf course and um they see the golf cart coming down the way and dojun runs down with like a big old stick and he kind of gets in the way and the cart's just coming closer and he kind of gives up and runs back into the woods and then him and his friend <laughs> run back down and start chasing after it. And like the, there's these five people in the golf cart and they're all kind of refined, rich looking people. And they're all sort of turned around and looking. And there's just this <laughs> really great shot of them just kind of this bemused look on their face. And they're all turned around the same way looking back. <laughs> it's just a lot of really amusing details like that. Mm. Um, but it's also just occasionally horrifying. Yeah. Because... That's that's really who what Bong Joon Ho does. He mixes horrifying and humorous mm-hmm. and dramatically rich. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Cool. I, the way I described it to Andrew afterwards is I liked it more than Parasite, but I don't think it's a better movie. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Um, Parasite's more dense. There's a lot more going on. It's much tighter constructed. Mm-hmm. Um but this one, I think, is just a little bit more of a visceral watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you'd like it. All right. Um, and then I watched, what did I watch with Hannah last night? We watched The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Right. From 2009. Oh, what a, what a year. What yeah. a year for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Green Lantern was 2011, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. What was 2009? Um. The proposal. That's what he was in. That's right. Yeah. Right. I knew that. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. It's a good catch. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, come for the mostly naked Ryan Reynolds. Stay for um, Betty White fondling Sandra Bullock. Oh. <laughs> also, sorry for that noise I just made. I'm drinking a coffee because it's fucking noon on a Sunday. Well, okay. Noon. Let's. Just... It's noon on pretty much a Saturday, and I'm never awake right now. Yeah. <laughs> I should be because I'm an adult and I need to wake up at normal times, but I need this coffee to survive. Hopefully my energy just skyrockets in about five minutes. That's going to get old so real much. fast. <laughs> it is. Anyway. Anyway, uh, the proposal. Um, pretty straightforward rom-com. Um, it's So do you know the premise? Nope. At all? So Sandra Bullock's character is a um, high-powered type A book editor um, from Canada, but she's living in New York City. Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds is her um, beleaguered assistant who has basically sold his soul to work his way up the corporate ladder um, in the hopes of becoming an editor of his own one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically does everything for her, looks the other way when she's um, horrible and abusive to her underlings and mm-hmm. um, generally emotionless and evil. Um, she messed up because of her kind of aggressive personality, messed up her like immigration paperwork or something and skipped some step in the process. I, 
kind of think the movie doesn't have a great grasp of immigration law. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she so she messes up um, and forces him to uh, be engaged and then marry her uh, <laughs> in order to fulfill her citizenship requirements. So she's oh. not deported. Um, probably not a premise you can get away with today. No, but, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, I mean, it's even for the time it's kind of convoluted and you're kind of like, okay. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it puts them in kind of a fun situation where this guy who's, basically been stepped on his entire life working mm. under this woman he finally has some leverage over her mm. um and so they're they're very mean to each other but it's it's not a mean-spirited movie necessarily and then of course they inevitably grow feelings for each other and yeah things rom-com along from there yeah um but it's it's kind of an interesting premise um and it mostly works uh there's some you know, it's got some actual balls to it in places. Okay. Um, there's also, but there's enough just like really weird out of place stuff. Um, Betty White in like full tribal get up dancing around in the woods. What? Yeah. And then Sandra Bullock joins her and starts dancing, but then starts dancing to the windows, to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so, not much better when you see it on screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just like kind of the weird who, direct, uh, who directed it is uh, the, just a rom-com director <laughs> just the rom-com director yeah someone i hadn't heard of yeah um uh oscar from the office is in it mm-hmm. um he's kind of a weird mix of stereotypes yeah um, so like he was in the office yeah no. he's, he's pretty well fleshed out in the yeah, office i think Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. He gives Sandra Bullock a lap dance at one point. Oh, fun. It's it's kind of not. Malin <laughs> uh, Ackerman's in it. Um, Who? Silk Spectre, the young one. Oh. Um, I don't remember what she looks like. She looks different in this because she's blonde. Oh. I think she's blonde in real life. Um, hmm. Yeah, doesn't have enough to do. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's... Probably, yeah, probably lower tier of the rom coms that mm-hmm. we've watched over the past year or two. So that, uh, that's, but, that's just so people are more like in tune with my ability to see how Matt up- thinks of movies. That was level three. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it's got the downward. Yeah. yeah. I I don't resent watching it. Yeah. It's it was a perfectly enjoyable hour and a half, two hours, but yep. I have no interest in rewatching it. Watch it again. Um. Cool. Yeah. I think that's a. Uh, we watched a couple more episodes of Avatar, because last time you'd only seen one episode. That's right. I have seen two more since then, because mm-hmm. um, I went, went back and watched them like the afternoon or the day after we recorded mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah, still into it. Yeah. I have only watched those two episodes because I took on several new students and old students this week, and so mm-hmm. I've been extremely busy, but I will get back to it sooner rather than later. Yeah. And that show is definitely something you can still enjoy thoroughly while not watching it intently mm-hmm. um till you get to tales of boxing say watch that whole thing <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> um who's your favorite character so far uh uncle Ira. really oh wait he's sassy no yeah no i'm not fucking my brain interpreted you saying zuko no i thought you said you liked Z- <laughs> okay yeah. yeah no 
Iroh is the greatest fucking being in the world. Yeah. Like, I wish he existed in real life. Yeah. Um, I love him so much. Uh, he's the Tales of Austin Fae character that makes yeah. me sob. Um, you can tell that there's some backstory there. Oh, it's such a good backstory. Oh, once you get to like later season two and they really delve into that backstory with like his history with Zuko's family and yeah. stuff like that. It's just heartbreaking. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I have watched a couple movies, a little bit of show, and watched a little bit of. So I guess I get. I watched The Help, and I've seen, and I watched Mean Girls. Oh yeah. Where uh, we have agreed, my girlfriend and I have agreed that we're gonna watch. We alternate movies. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna watch it? We also alter, alternate shows. Mm-hmm. Um, because she complained really early on that we always do what I want to do, which is mm-hmm. fair enough because I've seen a lot of good movies lately and i want to i want to shove it in her face yeah but uh so we're alternating and right now we're working on we're gonna watch three of her movies in a row so that on a saturday we can do a lord of the rings marathon okay to make it even good yes um so we're gonna do that this is appropriate yes (laughs) she must experience i know she keeps like knowing references but not actually understanding (laughs) yep um like when we did uh we did the Jackbox game that was the enough about you where you it's like trivia about yourself mm-hmm. and mine was about my favorite Lord of the Rings character, my favorite uh Harry Potter character. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew my favorite Harry Potter character was Sirius Black. Fucking love that character. It's a great character. <laughs> um but very few people know I I think you know what my favorite I I do know and I should have known. Yeah. But I was just like, Oh, he loves Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, I do also very much love but I said Aragorn, she's like, I have no idea what this means. I'm like <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> But she has uh, seen the Hobbit movies, which hurts my soul. <laughs> she doesn't like them. Good. <laughs> she shouldn't. She I think she does like the Fantastic Beast ones. Which I have you must leave her immediately. Has has been <laughs> has been a point of contention several times. <laughs> anyway, anyway, watch the help. That is a wonderful movie. Had you um, seen that before? I've never seen it before. Okay. Uh, Octavia Spencer. Oh, she's is a awesome. Fucking gem of a human. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Viola Davis. Yep. Is a beautiful person. Yep. Is she? She's not. Cotton. Uh, um. Black Mamba. Is she? No. Um. That's a. Uh... Uh, Alfrey Woodward, or okay. Woodard. What is Viola Davis in? Uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, I I very much recognize her. She might. Is she in the MCU or in the menu? Is she Amanda Waller? From Suicide Squad. Maybe. That might be her. Yes. Yes, it is. That is. So yeah, she's she's really good. Um, I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there's a lot of like mother son stuff. Mm-hmm. But that didn't make me cry as hard as, like, father-son stuff makes me cry. Right. I need to go to therapy and figure out what the fuck is going on there. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, my girlfriend's a, a teacher and is a thing, is is a person who cares for children. Mm-hmm. So, like, when there's a, a child crying about a caretaker leaving, she was a mess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it was like me in Tales of Boz saying, you're going to fucking understand i cannot wait till you get to that episode just so you know what i'm talking about right um but it was it's just me uh quick spoiler alert it doesn't matter for game of thrones it's like tears he was for the red wedding okay just a fucking wreck <laughs> um but uh yeah no it's it's a good movie um yeah it's yeah. another one of those movies where i have like it about 
three years ago, that would have been my top five favorite movies of all time. Right. But since I've been watching a lot of really good movies lately, it's like, I don't know, it might be my top 15. I'd have to think about it really hard. It's a it's a really solid movie. It probably wouldn't crack my top 100. But Yeah. Like, it's, well, you've, all, you've also seen way more yeah, movies than no, I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great movie. It's a... Um, uh, it's something I think you should watch, especially in these, like, these current times. It's a, it's a nice, lighthearted, but still kind of real movie. Yeah, it's Hollywoodized, but not too much, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like you're being lectured at. It's like, here's a, here's a, what's a good, what's a really good feminist movie? Okay, it's like um, Wonder Woman, when other like if you're if you're that kind of person that's a piece of shit and doesn't want to get lectured at about Black Lives Matter, uh, <laughs> I got political for a second there. Um, it's like that. It's like not. It's not watching Captain Marvel where you're getting lectured at about feminism. Right. It's Wonder Woman that's got feminism, but it's also just a really fun movie. And you don't feel like being lectured. Right. At. It's a good one for that. Um, that's a really fun movie. And then we also watched Mean Girls, oh, uh, which I had never seen all the way through. And it's a thoroughly fun movie. That's a really solid movie right there. She yeah. was she was surprised that I enjoyed it. Uh, she thought I would hate it just because I hate the I don't like Princess Bride and um, mm. uh, Princess Bride is nothing to do with Mean Girls. Well, like uh, apparently some humor is similar. So I don't know. I don't, I don't like I Princess Bride. I don't like Napoleon Dynamite. Um, Still failing to see the connection here. I don't know, but she said she, she thought I wouldn't enjoy it, but I I thoroughly enjoyed a few moments. Uh, What's the fucking gay guy's name? I watched this movie in high school, man. Okay. I don't he remember was... Lindsay Lohan's character's name. <laughs> uh, she He was a lot of fun. Just like the... Yeah. Just all of his bits were really fun. Um, the It's always funny to see the janitor from Scrubs not being the janitor from Scrubs. He's the guy who plays her dad. Um, and uh, you haven't seen Scrubs or haven't seen Mean Girls in forever, so you don't even know what I'm talking about. Not really, no. Uh, and then also Amy Poehler is just this, like plastic mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do remember amy puller from she that. was a lot of fun but no it's a it's a fun movie um yeah. probably not one i'll ever like watch again intentionally i'll like if someone's watching and i'm walking through a living room i'll sit down and watch for a couple jokes and then get back to my business but yeah no it's it's solid it's um it's got some mm-hmm. actual like heart to it and some decent yeah. messages and stuff and, yeah um yeah um continue to watch or continue reading swamp thing which is still good there's one line that just fucking blew my mind. It's it I think is a line that epitomizes the way that Alan Moore writes and the way that it's just so much fun to read Alan Moore stuff. Mm-hmm. You read a normal book and if they want to well first of all Alan Moore is super like liberal for writing in the 80s. 80s were pretty liberal. This is like after But like well I this guess is, so. this is when like the the counterculture of the 60s his and 70s stuff was seems, being entrenched. His stuff seems still kind of ahead of its time now. Like, it, it still seems very open-minded. Like, even now, there's some, like, there's, like, set, like, Catwoman dressed in, like, super tight, like, yeah. cleavage is showing kind of shit like that. He doesn't do that. Right. Like, it still seems kind of ahead of its time now. That's what I'm kind of saying. Okay. But, like, I feel like these days, you'd, you'd have a writer who'd just be like, ah, Tina hates that periods are a thing. And then Alan Moore writes... And she, uh, she, uh, is disdainful or something of the fact that women's lives are punctuated with blood. Oh. That is such a really cool line. Yeah. Just to, like, and she doesn't like periods. Women's lives are punctuated with blood. 
That is such a fucking oh. cool way of putting that. Yeah. And it just epitomizes the way he writes things creatively. And I love it so much! <laughs> yeah. There's just like, every single issue, there's at least a couple lines like mm-hmm. that that are just an absolute treasure. It's like how... I feel like he writes the way that I think people write words for music. Where they're like, they write what they want to say and they're like, alright, how can I just completely Shakespeare this shit? <laughs> <laughs> just like... Yeah. Uh, like I miss you, or um, or translates to the the nights spent without your presence is like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. But it, but it never comes across as high minded. Yeah, it like, doesn't. He's a yeah, he's a he's a poet of the people who just happens to write comic books. Mm-hmm. Fucking love it. Um, the yeah no. So I, I'm just continuing. Um. I flipped through. I just started reading book four, so I did my mm. classic. What I do with books is I flip through. That's uh, one of the ones where stuff happens. By the way, you were right that Constantine was involved in book three. It's just he's not always there. Right. But, like, so whenever I get a new comic, I'll, like, flip through. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of open random pages and see if there's characters that I recognize. Like, oh, hey, cool. Phantom Stranger's involved in this. Can't wait to get to that part. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And I did that, and it was fucking Phantom Stranger, Batman, Constantine, I think Atrigan was back, and I'm just like, oh, I cannot wait for this issue. <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, volume four is where a lot of stuff comes together and kind of blows up. Mm-hmm. And then five and six get weird. Cool. I'm so fucking ready. There's and a... there's only six, right? Yeah. It ends after six. And then after six, I'm going to read the Hellboy short stories. Short stories. Short stories. After, after the Hellboy short stories, I'm going to go ahead and read the, uh, oh, I went Midwestern. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I'm going to go back and read. I forgot what I was going to read. Oh, well. I'll figure it out later. Um, watched a couple more episodes of Merlin. A couple more episodes of uh, um, um, uh, Community. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Remind me to tell you after about the idea that Andrew and I had about a comedy, a comedy show or movie about King Herod. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say, like, the first bit. So, basically, I want to do a really, like, uh, historically accurate story of Herod, but it's, like, it's totally a commentary on Donald Trump. Hmm. Because, fucking, I just love this idea. We had this idea of just, like, putting it putting it in the context of the Bible, things that happen throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, Jesus is bored, and Herod's, like... Herod and the Pharisees hate the Jews. Like, that's historical context. The context is that he just hates the Jews, and that's why he wanted to kill Jesus. And he was just like, wait, you fucking mean to tell me that this goddamn baby that's being born is, like, supposed to be their savior? No, 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 no! It's like, <laughs> like running around, like, knocking shit down, just screaming no. It's like, fucking kill him! Fucking him, I want him dead! And then, uh... <laughs> And then so like that the uh, they go and kill every man every male every boy under the age of two that whole thing that's a super dark thing uh, and then like we do some more stories of Herod throughout age because there's actually a lot of historical writing of mm-hmm. Herod because Herodian Empire is a thing yep. um, and then we get to like 33 years later when Jesus is crucified and he's like ha ha we did it <laughs> and then a scribe goes you you did know that like part of their prophecy is that 
he's the lamb of the people and he's supposed to die for their save for saving them. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, why did you tell me that? I can't win. <laughs> but like, we just like make him very Trumpy. Uh, and like, we just have all these like tidy little ideas of, um, they basically put, they put gold body paint on him, but it turns out orange. <laughs> uh we want to do a laugh track but only like when it's things that is making herod look bad like Mm -hmm. when he's like he's like no 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 that's when the laugh track happens but not when he's just kind of being funny or like when he was just kind of being funny but then like we get super fucking visceral with it where like when they're killing all the babies under the age of two it is just a canned laughter like painfully and but we're going we want to go with another commentary of like i guess i'm just gonna tell you now i'm Fuck telling you after. Yeah. Um, we want to go with like a social commentary on how desensitized America is to violence. Okay. And do something like that where it's just like, you're just watching this and it's like laughter and you're like super fucking uncomfortable with this. But we have a lot of commentary we want to do with it. Okay. But yeah, we have a lot of ideas. When we get high, we come up with <laughs> just a fuck ton. I came up with a new idea of, ti- of what time travel or what God is that I will tell you later. That's It's way too complicated okay. to get into this. Also, we're at, like, what, 20 minutes by now? 24 minutes? Yeah. I think that's all I could talk about. All right. All right. Uh, news. Ian Holm died. I know. Fucking hell. I guess he was, what, like... He was old. 110 hundred years old? Yep. Or 111 years? He just celebrated his 111st birthday in September last year. Yep. Man. At least it wasn't coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, boy, if coronavirus killed Ian Holm, I would have been even sadder. Even more angry, honestly. But, yep. What a yeah. guy. Um, Everyone go see Alien. Yeah. Uh, and, and other news. Uh, Witcher has, really, has announced their plan to start filming, to restart production. Okay. Uh, which means that, and obviously, like they're they're not like, hey, we're gonna start production like next week. It's like we're gonna our plan is to continue production in September. Okay. Which means things are gonna start opening back up. Like that's the the production companies are starting to plan to reopen rather than just being like, well, shit, we're stuck for now. Mm-hmm. So looking forward. Um, oh, there was a. I'm gonna say there's a fifty fifty chance of that actually happening because wait till our next blow up and everyone's gonna shut down again. Yeah, I mean cases are already higher right now than yep. we've been florida had four thousand confirmed cases in one day yep fucking hell guys <laughs> wear masks <laughs> yeah um there's a new trailer for the king's man oh i did not know I that i think i watched that right now no, i think I... I did not watch it okay let's let's watch it i have to take a poop i'll watch it on my phone while i'm pooping i'll watch it right here on yeah. my phone <laughs> on your new phone yeah this is exciting Woo-hoo! anyway kingsman trailer <laughs> King's the King's Man trailer. The King's Man trailer. Digimon hand soap. Rasputin. Ras Ras Putin. I couldn't think of a funny joke. Uh <coughs> Grass Pukin. Grass Pukin, perfect. Uh yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah. Looks seems looks fun. Fun. Um I think it's gonna be a it's good. I I like the I'm I'm excited about the idea of that they're kind of since they're taking it back a hundred years, um, the gadgets are going to be less just like, oh, we can do whatever we want with technology yeah. now. Shot in the face, we got a magical mm-hmm. band aid for that. Yep. 
that'll be i think that'll be nice it'll up the stakes a little bit and it'll force more creativity just yeah. from the writers and the characters yeah so um rachel so ralph finds is great Were you actually literally about to say Ray Fiennes? I was in the act of saying nice! Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> That's Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Ray Fiennes seems great. Yep. He's uh, he's always a lot of fun. Um, what do you think they're gonna do with the with the big villain? Since Rasputin seems to be a uh, a side for a side villain, but is the main villain for the most of the movie. But there's like this other the shepherd, um, Grindelwald, and then. Ray finds as Voldemort is secretly in love with him and um, wizard Hitler. Wait, is that actually Johnny Depp? No. Oh, okay. But what if it were? Oh God. <laughs> do we know who that is? Do we know any other cast? I don't know if we know who that is. Okay. Maybe we do know who that is, but I haven't, paying a, haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to this movie. Yeah. I'm mildly soured on the franchise after the golden circle. Yeah. Country road. Take me home. Remember that scene? It was a little weird. Get what they were going for. Yeah. Didn't 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 work. Yeah. Uh, You deserve better, Mark Strong. Any other news? Um, Nothing. Oh, DC announced their uh, DC, yeah, the fandom thing. It's going to be their online uh, full streaming thing since Comic-Con was canceled. Okay. Uh, That'll be fine. We'll, We'll get more details on all the things that are happening. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a Batman trailer. Maybe get a Batman trailer. DC does like dropping trailers early. They do. At no, because they're not done filming. We, well, they don't have to be. We could. I. I don't think we're gonna get a trailer. I would not be shocked if we got like a minute and a half teaser where the first forty-five seconds is just like dialogue over logos kind of thing. And yeah. Then like four or five clips that fans can parse through a little bit. We might get like a clip of like. Oh my god. I feel like all they would really need to do is just, like, a dark thing where it's just, like, someone getting their ass handed to them. And then you get, like, the first glimpse of Robert Pattinson's voice. Yeah. As they should do something like that. But yeah. We'll see what they get. Uh, that's in, that's on, like, August 31st, so it's a, it's a while. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that's happening. Um, pretty much nothing else because of COVID. Yep. Well. Well. Shall we? No. Uh, <laughs> So, as people who listened to the last episode noticed, uh, we recorded the full episode on Batman Eternal. It was kind of messy. It was kind of messy, but also it stopped recording about halfway through our spoiler, like our more in-depth discussion. Yep. And we didn't know, we couldn't remember what we said. I'm going to make sure we're still recording. That's probably a good thing to check. Uh, okay, we're good. Cool. Um, so, we decided that we were going to leave last week kind of a short episode and then mm-hmm. do our more in-depth uh, review for this week. Yep. Uh, so this week is just an entire spoiler for uh, Batman Eternal. If you plan on reading it and haven't read it yet, it's a very small group of people likely mm-hmm. not listening to this. So it's not really that big of a problem. Uh, if you're planning on reading it, don't want it spoiled. Stop listening. Yep. Uh, otherwise, if you have some interest in reading, I would suggest you go out and read it first because this is one where the plot twists I think are come well as a surprise. Yeah. So, let's get started. Let's, uh, how do you, you want to start talking about this? Um, I mean, I figure I've got a synopsis pulled up here, so we okay. can kind of just roll through bit by bit and talk sort of, I don't know, what our thoughts are on yeah. various things and what we were thinking at this point in the story. Sure. Um, 
so like the inciting incident is um they're trying to catch professor pig mm-hmm. and jim gordon tracks down a um, henchman shoots at him bullet passes right through it's a hologram or something hits a mm-hmm. like a transformer box and, and causes two trains to run into each two other. Two trains collide. Hundreds are dead. Yep. Jim Gordon gets arrested. Uh, and this new guy, Jason Bard. He was, his very first act on the job was to put um, Gordon in cuffs. He was brought on specially by Gordon mm-hmm. um, to kind of be a protege to him. Um, of course, it's later revealed that he's got some hidden motivations of his own. Mm-hmm. But I like how they play, how long they keep playing him off as this is a good guy. He's he's the next Gordon. So I found out that Jason Bard is not a new character. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, he's he's been around not very long. He was around in the sixties and seventies for a little bit, and then he was around post crisis for a little bit. Yeah, he's um, he's always been kind of just a side character, yeah. occasional love interest for Barbara. Yeah, um, but otherwise just kind of a. Yeah. He's connected with the Gordons always somehow. Yeah. So he's back. Um, yeah. For really, really big Batman fans, it's probably a good like deep cut reference to like kind of plan. Oh yeah, this guy he's kind of a good guy. He's been with the Gordons before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he comes in. Um, he's thrust on the job. Um, he doesn't take over right away. First, there's Forbes who takes over. Yes, because this is all part of um, not the the gordon thing but um falcone is trying to capitalize Mm -hmm. on the gordon leaving yeah um so the kind of the first much of the first volume is concerned with sort of the gang war and yeah between mainly between falcone and penguin yeah falcone basically trying to reassert dominance get the city back to what it was before the super criminals showed up yep when there was he blows up penguin's iceberg lounge and that sinks um he installs Forbes, who's basically his puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, he controls the mayor, um, and he's causing all kinds of trouble. So that's the first kind of big old chunk. Now let's talk about it. All right. It's a good mystery right to start. Yeah. Like, you are sure that there is something going on. I mean, Batman, like, says something explicitly. He's like, someone set you up. I don't know who. I don't know how. I can't prove it. Yeah. Um, and they do a really good job with that plot thread the whole time where even like gordon gives up yeah like he th- there's a point where he realizes his son is alive and his son's in prison and yep. gives him an opportunity to escape and he's just like no like i did this this is me i deserve to be in prison kind of just like f- thinks what if what if i am old and going crazy yeah. and that kind of starts putting a uh um that's a character development thing for him where he's mm-hmm. just like starting to go maybe i need to step down and well not step down i'm fucking got fired because i yeah. killed people but maybe i should just accept my fate accept my fate um which we'll get to later the turning point of that yeah. is a little weird and out of place but not insanely to the detriment of the whole book yeah. um you know what i realized reading this um uh james gordon jr is in like the first page of death of the family in like one panel because it's like, um, uh, it's Batman and uh, I think Robin or Nightwing in disguise chewing through a bunch of inmates at Arkham. Oh, yeah. And he's just like sitting on his bed reading a book or something huh. in the background. I don't know. I forgot about that, but I was... Yeah. Like, it's Nightwing in disguise. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
but I guess that kind of makes sense. It's um, I love that line though in that bit. It's like, oh, so you do practice brooding, <laughs> and then he takes his mask off, and it's like, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So it's a good mystery of like what the fuck's going on, and then Falcone shows up, and like, I thought from the beginning it was just like oh this is just like this big old giant return of falcone like that mm-hmm. would be really cool if the whole book just does that it's just like this return of falcone and kind of like falcon has come back to the nest falcon Ooh. uh and like i doing like a gang war where like batman's almost a little out of his depth um yeah i mean the problem is this is yeah, this is kind of a pre-Batman problem. It's not... Yeah. And it, it, I really like the way they start establishing this, where it's just like, Batman's facing a bunch of different problems. And we'll get into right. that once we start introducing the Deacon Blackfire stuff. Yeah. The, um, oh, the... What are the other... Oh, the um, South America parts. Yeah. The Tokyo parts. Like, all these, like, attributes where it's just yeah. like this whole bunch of stuff about was like there's so fucking much and it really starts big yeah like to start it's just like oh this is a big thing in gotham and then they start adding the elements um and i really like the way they handled that yeah um trying to think of there's yeah and and my uh i mean spoilers it turns out to not be falcone behind it right But I was uh, saying last time that I would love if they if it was him behind it, mm-hmm. where like he's like, "Yeah, it was me," ha ha. And then you go through the rest of the fifty issues of the book, and at the very end, he's like, "Told you, it was yeah. me. I fucking straight up told you to your face, it's me." Yeah, and you didn't believe me. You Actually, fool. Batman did believe him, but Batman was like, "Oh, it's got to be bigger," and he like kept going. And, yeah, but turns out it was him all along. He was he used himself as a pawn. That'd have been a clever way of yeah twisting it It would have been fun um were you like actually on that train or was it kind of a wishful thinking that'd be cool if it went that way kind of thing i think i was actually on that train um maybe because i remember way back when i first read this we were recording and i mentioned it's like hey Mm -hmm. falcone comes back and it's like and it's like the big return of Falcone. Mm-hmm. And then like I read the next issue and it's like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I thought it was going to be that. Where okay. I I didn't think he was the one who was responsible for the crucifixion parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that he was kind of the one who did the whole thing and kind of incited this stuff i thought he was the one responsible for a lot of the everything happening and then everything that happens is just domino effects of leaving batman's grasp yeah um but yeah yep all right what's next um so that's kind of the the main first thing um i forgot that roadrunner was in this yeah when i was reading the synopsis i saw that too and tiger shark there's so many of these little side characters yep um which is fun um so batman he's still he's trying to figure out what falcone's doing he goes to hong kong to try to um Mm -hmm. because falcone had been basically exiled to hong kong yep um sounds familiar fisk yeah (laughs) wasn't fisk where was fisk was Uh, japan japan yeah yeah anyway anyway uh (laughs) it's so early (laughs) um yeah so he goes to hong kong he discovers that falcone basically bought out all the other guys so he could come back to gotham and the gang war and Mm -hmm. then take gotham back over um 
And then he also, he that's where he picks up Julia Pennyworth. Yes. Who is in this. Yep. Um, and that's a, She's a new character, I think. I think so. This is the first time she's ever come up. Yeah. Um, it feels really like they needed someone to fill the Alfred role, but they wanted the emotional impact of incapacitating Alfred. Yeah. Because um, that hush came in and was like, hey, what's up, Alfred? I'm going to stab you with a fuck ton of fear toxin and then just completely fucked up alfred yep um which he gets his he gets his revenge later not not on hush but he gets his he gets his uh yeah comeback moment with bane yes. which was fucking amazing that was very cool yeah that's uh, a as a team up i did not expect but i thoroughly enjoyed yep <laughs> so he comes back with julia uh coming back to hong kong and what's next i feel like just reading through the synopsis isn't helping my review because, like, I don't want to, like, jump into later things. You can, no, we can jump into later things. I'm okay. just using this as kind of a structure. Gotcha. So, yeah, when he, like, the Bane, that that was, I remember reading that and being so happy with it. Because it was the, he was, uh, Bane and Alfred needed to, what do they need to do? Uh, they're, they're trapped under the ruins of Arkham. Cause yeah. Because Arkham they, blew up with the, um, the, I think Spectre going big and. Yeah, when down. when he was fighting Blackfire, because Blackfire was trying to take over uh, Jim Jim Corgan, and then that's when right. Spectre came out of Jim Corgan, and he was like, "Hey, fuck off, Deacon!" And then it made all of Arkham explode, and then Bane Bane and Alfred use each other to get out, mm-hmm. and Alfred was like, "Hey, come here, we're gonna go to a secret place," and Bane was like, "Okay, cool," and then Alfred just says like, "Fucking." Security protocol and just incapacitate Bane. He's like, fuck off. <laughs> that was great. That's exactly it. That's the quote. That's the exact quote. Alfred yep. just goes, fuck off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I like that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I guess. I feel like we're trying to review it as it goes and it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, such a weird episode. It's. <laughs> Well, I think, I think it's a good place for it to start because it builds, it starts very just ground level. Yeah. It's a gang war. This mm-hmm. is like year one kind of stuff, basic, like Batman at it, it his most basic. Yeah. He's just fighting crime. There's not really any supervillains yet. I mean, there's Professor Pig. Yeah. Who's a surprisingly big part of this. Yeah. So basically um, the synopsis, I'm just going to do a really quick synopsis to try to remember as much as I can. Okay. So basically Jim does a thing. And it's like, oh, God, there's shit involved. And Batman's going places, finds out that Falcone's like, hey, I want to do stuff and make make crime again. And Batman's like, fucking no. Make crime great again. Make crime, make crime great. <laughs> uh, and then so he's like, fuck off. And then it turns out that uh, uh, Hush was actually, like, doing stuff. And so yep. Hush fucking attacks Alfred. And Batman's like, hey, fuck off, Hush. And Hush, like, kind of says, all right. And... <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, uh, Batgirl looks at the footage of when Jim Gordon did the thing and was like, Hey, that guy's from fucking South America. So she goes to South America Mm -hmm. and then with Starfire and Red Hood, Red Hood. And who's the other guy? Uh, Batgirl or Batwoman. Batwoman shows up, but Batman sends Red Hood to help her out. Right. Um, and so they're doing shit in South America, trying to figure things out. And turns out there's. Uh, a brainwash guy down there doing shit, mm-hmm. but that Doctor Falsario, Doctor Fals- Doctor Falsario. It turns out that that's not really 
it's part of the puzzle. So they um, related though. It doesn't like do anything directly. It was the um. So what it was is Doctor Falsario has basically um great value tech tech. Yeah. Um, and so he like created the illusion that caused Gordon to shoot at the henchman that wasn't. I thought there. it was actually Matt Hatter that did it. No. What did Matt? Ha- what did Matt Hatter do? Something later on. Yeah. But uh, so she, they're down there doing stuff, and then Batman goes to Japan, and the Batman of no, the Batman of Hong Kong. He goes to Hong. Fuck! There's so many pieces. And then doesn't he go back to Japan? I think and then there's the Batman Japan. of Japan. Yeah, he talks to Batman point. of Japan, and then the Shen uh, Shen Fang. He talks to Shen Fang, and Shen mm-hmm. Fang's like, "Hey, yeah, what does Shen Fang say?" Basically, God, we should have planned this better. <laughs> Basically, there's a huge fucking mystery, and Batman's going to all these different places, chasing down all these fucking leads, and he thinks that this is all like some master plan. This is there's mm-hmm. one person who's orchestrating everything Mm -hmm. and he's tracking all this shit all these leads down but they're not really leads because every time he gets to someone they're just like yeah no i just did it yeah i got the little invitation card no one told me to do it so i did it and then i fucking shit happened i just did it and no one told me to do it and they're just like hey do shit and i did shit batman's like what the fuck this doesn't make any sense yeah and then so he's doing that. Meanwhile, Stephanie Brown's showing up, and yep. she like walks in on her dad, who's Clue Master, who's a villain. Yep. And Clue Master's sitting there with fucking Signal Man and uh, Rat Catcher and shit like that. And yeah. she's like, "Oh God, Dad's a bad guy!" And then ran away. And she's like, "I'm gonna fucking blog about this." And she blogs about it. And then she <laughs> calls to the her 21st mom. 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She calls her mom, and she's like, "Mom, Dad's a bad guy." And then mom's like, "Shut the fuck up!" And then calls Arthur, her dad, mm-hmm. and just like fucking you let stephanie see you indicating that she knows that her dad her mm-hmm. husband's a bad guy Woo! families stephanie brown's got some daddy issues my friend indeed uh so she's like oh i'm gonna fuck up clue master and try to reveal everything he's doing to everybody and so she starts blogging and becomes spoiler which is actually accurate to her history mm-hmm. this is her first appearance of spoiler in new 52 uh which i fucking love she's a great character uh meanwhile we forgot about this last time recorded we completely forgot about this entire subplot Fucking Red Robin. Oh yeah, discovers that there's children that are infected with fucking nanites and yep. exploding, and he accidentally it activates one of them. Yep. And then there's Harper, who is this girl that shows up in New Fifty Two. That's a new character, and she's like this cool, like goth, edgy girl yeah. who lives like in like the 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 the, 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 Narrows, the Narrows. Yep. With her brother, who was infected. So mm-hmm. she starts teaming up as Bluebird with uh, Red Robin. Mm-hmm. So we got Red Robin and Bluebird. Oh, cute. Ah. And these fucking birds. Um, they start doing stuff and trying to like figure out what all these fucking nanites are. Mm-hmm. And who's, who's, is that Mad Hatter's nanites? Yeah. That's what his is? Yeah. Found out that he's doing that shit. And then they're like figuring all this shit out and then trying to do stuff. And then the Red Hood's down in fucking South America doing shit with other people. And all these people are involved. And then Batman comes back and he's like, uh, how does he get caught? How does he get like chained up? How does that end? Um, Oh, that's right. He went to, he thought it was fucking Firefly. So he starts attacking Firefly out of nowhere. Oh yeah. And then he's fighting Firefly and Firefly's like, fuck it. I don't know, dude. I'm just, you're doing my shit. And then he goes to, what's the tower? Deacon tower. 
No, Beacon Tower, mm-hmm. which is this big ass tower that Wayne Enterprises has been building yeah. to like be the the shining beacon of Gotham oh, yeah. City. And the architect was trying to and knock the it down. Architect who fucking no one knows. Yep. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, fucking, he's there, and the architect is apparently a big old guy about bringing down big buildings. Mm-hmm. Makes sense with his name. Uh, so he's like fighting the architect, don't and the architect's like, "Haha!" The opposite of that, huh? Don't architects build well, buildings? Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> uh, so he's like fighting architect, and architect's like, "Haha! I'm not the person in charge." But architect manages to like knock Batman unconscious. Then Batman wakes up on the fucking like beacon tower light, like the bat signal, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Haha!" And then you hear from off screen, "Haha, Batman! I got you." I was the man, and it's fucking Clue Master. Woo! And then you get this little flashback shit about the Clue Master is this fucking nobody that no one gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hey, what if like we did a we did a thing where we just like murdered Batman, but like instead of trying to orchestrate this huge thing, we just kinda like tell all the villains to do something on the same day. Mm-hmm. And then so Batman goes, Oh, it's all orchestrated. It's gotta be someone like one of these big ass guys. Because Batman then goes to the fucking Riddler and Rachel Ghoul, and both of them were like, I didn't do it. Cause like this whole guy, whoever's doing this is wanting you to be like super weak and like breaking mm-hmm. you down like Bane did. Uh, but I want to beat you when you're at your prime because then I can only, then only then can I say that I truly bested Batman. Right. Uh, so we wouldn't do this. And Batman's like, fuck, you're right. God damn it. So then Clue Master's like, Hey, what if we just have everybody do it? So Batman thinks this is orchestrated, but it's not orchestrated. So he, but he's like looking for who's orchestrating it. Meanwhile, piece of shit like Clue Master who Batman would never think would orchestrate it, can just be on their merry way. Yeah. And then, like, March shows up. And then, yeah, so then, like, Clue Master's like, ha-ha, it was me. I've been doing this all along. And Batman's like, bullshit! <laughs> you're, you're dumb! And he's like, no. <laughs> and then, suddenly, Clue Master gets his throat slashed yep. by fucking the Talon. I thought he was Owl, uh, Owlman. I thought he was named Owlman. He's mm. not. He's the Talon. Yeah. The Talon, Lincoln March, who was like the guy from Court of Owls, which is pretty much the only reason I had you read Court of Owls. Yeah. Uh, that was good cultural enrichment. Yeah. I mean, the story's okay. Yeah, it's solid. Uh, and then he shows up, slash, and he's like, haha, I was the secret, uh, I was the secret, um, the, the silent partner the whole time. That's because Clue Master went to the Court of Owls and, like, hey, I want to kill Batman. But the Court of Alice had been killed by Lincoln March because Lincoln March was like, oh, I'm in charge now or something. Right. Um, and so he's like, we, we can help each other. And then, yeah. And then like once, and then Batman fights Lincoln March and then Gordon does this whole thing where he like lights. Oh yeah, Gordon's free now. This is a really big series. Yeah. Gordon's free because they fucking started a riot in Blackgate. And Gordon was like, I got to protect all the cops. So he just becomes suddenly a badass and beats mm-hmm. the living fuck out of everybody. Yep. And then, like, breaks out and, like, and then Bard, I think, like, shakes hands and, like, all right, I'm a good guy now. And uh, I think Bard had had an agreement with Hush. Bard was working with Hush. So um, Hush was kind of capitalizing on the gang war to um gain power and then um bard was his guy so he came up with a plan for bard to basically stop the gang war um and uh regain control and put falcone and penguin behind bars um and then bard's in charge bard becomes the commissioner forbes is replaced hush increases his own power yeah and in the end blackgate another fucking side plot 
is uh, you got you got Commissioner Gordon all defeated talking to this random old guy. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be Rex Calabrese. Calabrese, who is the pre-Falcone ultra mob boss guy who's just right. in prison. He's like, oh, I'm past all this stuff. And then find out that Catwoman is fucking his daughter. Mm-hmm. Is not fucking, is, is his daughter. <laughs> uh, and so Catwoman's this heiress to the fucking crime dynasty mm-hmm. and so at the end when catwoman like when everyone breaks out catwoman's like i guess i'll do it so she kind of walks away being this new yeah goddess of crime it's really I, I think she really does come to that point because she wants to like stabilize things and be like yeah if i control it all then there's less infighting there's less casualties in the crossfire mm-hmm. and that's something i remember talking about this uh I don't really like the way that Catwoman's character goes in this. Yeah. Um, I don't like this this idea that she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go crime. Like, right. I'm just going to do organized crime, which I, I want to read the next Catwoman books after that just to see what she does with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked about this last time where the way that Catwoman and Batman are really good characters together are if you look at attributes of the way that they are mm-hmm. as a, as a bar graph. So like, and the, all the attributes are along the, like going down and then it's a little bar saying how full they are. So like Batman doing good is like a big old full bar and like doing things illegally is like a little bit of a full bar. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Catwoman, if you look at like doing good is like a really small bar and doing things illegally is a pretty full bar. You put those together and they equate to a like 100%. Right. Like Batman's like 90% good. She's 10% good. Batman's like 10% illegal. She's 90% illegal. Like they fit together. Mm-hmm. They just fit perfectly by being the opposites. Right. Um, and kind of messing with that ruins that. Uh, the equilibrium. The equilibrium that, that they bring each other. Yeah. Um, and putting her just fully illegal, fully crime involved. Yeah. You don't get that nice towing the line kind yeah. of, which is definitely where she thrives. Yeah, is towing that line. Like she's a she's a bad guy, but she has her heart in the right place occasionally, and she'll help out and she'll tease Batman a little yeah. bit. And... and that's that's one of the most fun things is her character is written so well so often mm-hmm. that like she starts working with Batman, and you're like, oh, maybe this is the time that she goes good because they can write that well enough most mm-hmm. of the time. Other times, like she's like. Oh, I'm being good this time, and the reader's like, "Fucking no, you're not." Nah. Yeah, but then sometimes like oh, I'm being good this time for this reason. You're like, oh, maybe this is the time she goes good. Like, I don't know how they are now, but in 2018, Batman and what Catwoman were gonna get married, and yeah. then classic, they didn't because comics don't allow Batman to get married because Joker comes in and fucks everything up. Yep. Why can't just a fucking couple superheroes just get? They did Superman and Lois Lane are just straight up married and have a kid. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Do more of that. I think Dick Grayson has a girlfriend right now. Has a consistent girlfriend right now. I'm kind of wondering how. Um... Oh, Dick Grayson's going by Dickie right now. Ooh. Because, oh, God, the way they fucking. No, I'm, I'll talk about it later. Okay. I'll talk about this. I'll talk about the tragedy of the way Nightwing's been handled in the past couple of years in a different episode. <sighs> I'm, I'm just a little hung up on how. Superman can impregnate a human woman without his semen like ripping through her insides and destroying her <laughs> entire body. <laughs> Let's go back to Batman Eternal. Um, okay, so that's that's the overarching plot. Is all this shit's happening? 
Batman's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, but it's like this, this just cut loose. Um, and something that's really done really well in this one compared to Nightfall, uh, we, we talked about the last time, mm-hmm. is with Nightfall, every page, Batman's like, I'm so tired. I am so tired. I just, I can't sleep, but I've got to handle this. My and arms the, hurt. My arms <laughs> hurt. And my poop is just wet. I don't know. That was a weird fucking thing to say. Uh, but in this one, he's like, he mentions it a couple times, like, the tiredness is more from just like what's happening. Right. Like you can, you can see the tiredness. He mentions it a couple times, but it does Batman getting exhausted better. Yeah. Um, this is what nightfall should have been. Yeah. And this one also does a really good job of showing how much you can, how much Batman needs his support team. Yeah. And that is all fucking 29,000 characters that are his bat bat crew. Yep. Um, and the reason there's so fucking many people is because you got a main character who gets a little couple buds, like side buds, like Robin and Alfred and all that stuff. But then the Bat family is so popular that even the side buds, like Nightwing and Red Ho- Red Robin and Red Hood, that they become main characters with their own side buds. And that mm-hmm. happens very rarely with any of the other superheroes. Um, and then their side buds get side buds, and it just ex- fucking expands. Um, so you just get this huge bat family, which is why you could fill out such a thick ass story. Yeah. All with different characters doing different things. Yep. Um, and they really chose this as an opportunity to showcase a lot more of these villains that they hadn't used mm-hmm. and that they were never going to use. Cause I'm pretty certain you can't really make a good story with architect. <laughs> I'm going to break some buildings. Yep. <laughs> Look at my face. And then like stuff like firefly. I feel like. The only story you can really do with him, because he's just a pyromaniac. It's like, oh, there's an arson case. Fucking Firefly. Mystery solved. I'm the world's greatest detective. The <laughs> world's greatest detective. It's like, who would have done it? It's like, Batman's just like, who the fuck do you think did it? Either <laughs> Firefly or Joker's playing with matches again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is like, this is a really interesting way of just playing with all that. And also playing with the idea of a, like a dumb, tiny supervillain being a smart supervillain for once. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um. What are things that we didn't like about it? Uh, Lincoln March. Lincoln March showing up. Yeah. yeah, I it just the I talked about that um last time that I wish the Clue Master conclusion was just the conclusion. Yeah. Like it was just Clue Master all along, and. Maybe something else happens that Clue Master dies, actually dies. Because I do like that part where they just straight up kill him. Yeah. Like, maybe they do that. Maybe you should just do that. Like, have a have a big superhero meeting or supervillain meeting. And then Joker's just like, I'm sick of all you guys taking Batman's attention. And then just blows them all up. Mm-hmm. That would be a Joker thing to do. Yeah. Clear out some of the... Some of the it's a forest fire of supervillains. Clear out all the tiny little brush that no one gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a couple of the big ones. Yeah. Maybe just straight up kill Scarecrow. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> and then, like, you got, and then you got some room for other ones. But, of course, no one stays dead in comics. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I wish it was just Clue Master. Because that would make it so. I, I don't like the idea that 
even when they reveal Clue Master's the genius behind it, he's actually not really the genius behind it. Yeah, he's kind of he's the last pawn. Yeah. Um Yeah, I uh I have this pet peeve with stories where there's a um sinister cabal behind everything. Mm-hmm. Um and it's always that they'll they'll do it where it's like, "Oh, they exist." Well, what if they don't exist? What if just the world's that way? And then, oh, they do exist. Yeah. And this one, they, like, they like the big final reveal is, oh, it's Clue Master. There is no secret shady cabal behind it pulling all the strings here. It's just this one guy with a great plan that's mostly unstructured. He just kind of lets all the bad guys loose at yep. the right time. And then, nope, there was something behind that. Yeah. And the the one more mask behind the curtain is much less satisfying. Yeah. One that no one really gives a shit about. Yeah. Lincoln March, I was never attached to that storyline. No. It's a little five issue, one volume. Yeah. A couple years ago is not not enough to do it for me. Yep. Um Gordon randomly becoming a badass doesn't particularly make a lot of sense. Um It's clumsy. It's clumsy, but I think it was this build up for uh super Fuck. I forgot the name again mech suit gordon yeah where he like becomes batman i don't know the reason why but i cannot wait to read it yep um sounds weird yeah i'm from what i've heard it's actually a really good story um Mm -hmm. it does a really good job of commenting on police brutality and stuff okay um but i think the just this this was kind of their attempt at like all right we gotta make gordon a badass before that so he just doesn't just deus ex machina become a bad guy or a badass guy so we gotta Deus Ex Machina him into a badass guy now. <laughs> right. Just cram it in there somewhere. Yeah. No one put it in this big old thing and no one will notice. We fucking notice. We noticed. Um, what else? Uh, bringing another. Uh, I feel like it introduced too many minor characters that I feel like they're going to just ignore later. Like uh, Julia Pennyworth. I haven't heard anything about her. Actually, I think Alfred's still dead in the comics right now. Um, someone killed, I think Bane killed him in the comics a little bit ago. Um, I don't know if it's like a Bane sort of thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I hadn't heard anything else about Julia Pennyworth. I feel like, did she leave? I honestly do not remember what she does at the end of this. Let's, uh, let's do some reference. We got the comic book right here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you say a thing now while I, all right. Um, (laughs) I was going to say this is something I didn't even mention last time. I really liked Harvey Bullock in this. He's always oh, yeah. he's a character that I always like kind of I like um even though he's often kind of unlikable. Uh-huh. Um but in this he's handled as very much he's like he's the the hard-bitten cynical cop but he's straight-laced and he generally tries to do things right. Yeah. Um so there's a moment where like Bard crashes or the bat yeah Bard crashes the Batmobile or mm-hmm. the Batmobile's crashed and Bard is chasing him with all the uh-huh. cops and um, everything's on fire and Bard's like, we need to go do this thing right now. And Bullock's just like, no, this is, this is out of my hands. This is, this is your mess to clean up. You go clean it up. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, that's the first thing that shocks some sense into Bard. Mm-hmm. So having Harvey Bullock be the, the moral center of the, um, GCPD is, that's a, it's a fun little thing. Yeah. I really like when they like, when they bring a character, give a character more depth, like, cause yeah. pretty much always bar, uh, um, uh, Bullock is just this, this drunk, I don't give a shit cop. Right. To, to 
uh, be a foil to the perfect moral, hot, morally high Gordon, right? To like play off of, yeah. He's, but he's giving. Supposed, well, he's supposed to be just kind of the the normal Gotham cop. He's he's cynical. He's broken down. This is yeah. this is a city that is out of his control now, um, and so it just shows kind of how twisted and how far Gotham falls apart in this one that it, he kind of, he stays who he is, but he becomes suddenly the moral center. And yeah, um, I think it's a, it's a useful treatment of a character with a lot of good history. I forgot that, uh, well, first of all, Katana is involved in this big final. Oh life. yeah. She shows up. What is she doing in the, is she like around? Someone called her in like a few pages before that. I was just like, Hey, Everyone, get here right now. Why, though? Why Katana? And also, Talon, like the other Talon. Did you ever know anything about him? I'm like showing him a picture of the other Talon. No. So he's one of the Talons. I can't remember his name, but there's a there's a two-volume thing. There's like a 14-issue run of him where he was one of the Talons, one of the Cordovales Talons. Mm-hmm. But he started like kind of coming to on his own, and he was like, what the fuck? I'm this tool. Mm-hmm. And kind of like breaks out of it. Super ignored character after that. Like never touched again until I guess just throwing him in this. Yep. But okay. he's, an int- he's a pretty interesting character and I like the way they did it. But All right. fucking maybe that's another thing I'll do. Under underappreciated New 52 uh, storylines. Okay. I wish I had our little uh, notepad that we write episode ideas. But apparently, got I'll start an episode ideas note on my phone now that I have a because you have a good notes. phone that can do it. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh. Things. Well, so for me, I feel like this is this whole Batman Eternal thing is the purpose of it. The the um behind the curtain purpose of it was to shine some light on characters that weren't getting very much light because the new fifty two was kind of bullshit the way they were doing it. Uh, a lot of characters that were really interesting weren't getting a chance to shine. Right. So that was this thing. It's also to re kind of reset for what comes after. Um, this is after the death of, um, Robin and the supposed death of Nightwing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this, just like the whole family kind of coming together. Um, yeah, I think, Yeah. It's just to give some showcase to some of the villains and yeah. remind people that they're around. Uh, and also really emphasize that, like, Batman can't do this without his people because, right. boy, would he be fucked if he tried to do this on his own. Right. Except they would but right away. he doesn't have to because Batman is eternal. He is a, a symbol to this city. And so that moment at the end where Gordon just puts the bat signal everywhere in the city and, like, the whole city rallies around him. And yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a... It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good yeah. stuff. Um, I really like the the horror side plot with. Yeah, we need to talk about that. So that was something. Um, so Batwing gets called in to help. It gets called in to investigate something that's going on under Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And Jim Corrigan, who is the Spectre, is there too. But Jim Corrigan's mm-hmm. just being Jim Corrigan. Right. Uh, and when they start going underground, Batwing loses communication with the surface. Mm-hmm. And so he's stuck. Batwing has this like very, really advanced suit. So he's just stuck with his advanced suit without talking. He's this new kid yeah. in this. 
dealing with this fucking guy who's just like, yeah, the magic magic world's magic and he's like fucking no i don't know magic yeah there's it all kinds him, of just weird stuff yeah it like, puts him way out of his element there's yep. some weird shit happening back up for a second so i'm not entirely clear on what batwing's deal is he's, batwing is the son of lucius fox right okay so and how did he end up as a um as a bat family he, boy i don't know how lucius fox gets into it because there's another character who is from south africa or from is it south africa Somewhere in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing stuff over there. There's a Batwing comic that I need to read again. It was actually a lot of fun. And I think I talked about it back when I read it. Um, he's just this this kid that wants to do good and gets the gets the equipment. And, like, Batman kind of sponsors him. And then, he, then that kid quits. And then Lucius Fox's son steps in. He, Lucius Fox's kid, Luke Fox, was the, initial, was the original Batwing. Okay. But then for the New 50s, they had a different guy. Who then they got rid of to get bring back Luke Fox. Okay, basically how the New Fifty Two works. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's this—he's just this kid who kind of new to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting him in this just wacky world of magic. Yeah, and bringing back Deacon Blackfire, who's this cult leader guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxi Zeus, who's this fucking history professor who thinks he's zeus is down there being nuts um weird storytelling yeah it's i mean it's like so i was reading and there's basically like four or five different teams of authors that were each writing one storyline and the guys with this one were like yeah we're just gonna write a horror comic basically and shove it in here um i don't think it's a it's a different feel for Batman, you know. He gets horrifying and scary and creepy sometimes, but this is just like it, it feels so different, but it's really refreshing instead yeah. of being jarring. It's like, yeah, this is this is clearly part of the same universe. All this oh, magic, are you fucking and kidding me, weirdness. Um, you're distracted by something. I think Julia Pennyworth is only brought into the. Uh, DC and into the comics because she is a character in the CW shows. Oh. Apparently she works with Batwoman. No, Batwoman's new. So this is, yeah. I don't know. I'll have to do more research on her. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, no, that, that horror aspect, bringing that into Batman is a interesting idea of mm-hmm. having that element that Batman typically doesn't deal with. Whenever whenever that shit happens, he brings in Constantine, and he and Constantine talking is great. Yeah. It's great when Constantine's just like, "And I might, oh, I'm just super sarcastic and stuff," and you're just like, and Batman's like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not charmed by you. Yep. Yeah. Um, so no, but it's a it's a good story because it it forces Batwing to prove himself as a guy, not just with a fancy suit, but as a guy who can take care of himself in a situation where he is on his own. Yeah. Yep. yep. I don't know what they did with him after. I'll have to find out. The New 52 is so messy. Comics are so messy. Yeah. Um. What else? Anything else? Um. This is our first time reviewing a comic, so it's really weird. Yeah. Also, so, we chose a really hefty fucking comic yeah, review. Yeah, this would have been a lot easier if we did, like, year one or something, where it's, like, four or five issues, and yeah. it's just very simple, straightforward, and we can dig into the details more. We'll have to do... We'll do a, a better job. Yep. On a different time. We'll, we'll think of something. Um, anything yeah. else you want to talk about? Mm, I don't think so. I it's just, a good comic. It, it is. I 
don't know if it stayed on the last recording. I described this as like peak big dumb comic. Yeah. It's there's not a whole lot theme wise going on. Um, it's not. It's complicated but not complex. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes sense. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's never obscure. Mm-hmm. Like you're always like, okay, these are this is what I need to know. This is where we are in the story. Um. Yeah, it's just a, it's it's exciting. It's a it's a really good at just sustaining and building tension throughout. Yeah. There's a mystery and things are getting worse, and there's never a moment where it feels like okay they needed to ratchet up the tension and so they add this thing. It's yeah. just like this is kind of how this is progressing. It's things falling apart. Yep, it's cool. It's good. All right, all right. Shall we? Well, let's let's shall. Shall this weird weird episode? Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We're on. We know what our next two episodes are going to be. Yeah, we're actually kind of on top of the game right now, because um, I'm going to be out of town for a week or so. Uh, coming up here um so we're gonna do an episode on cinematography bringing in the inimitable andrew johnson mm-hmm. uh to talk about cinematography and what's good with cinematography and what's bad with cinematography uh, and then also sound design talk about what's good with sound design what's bad with sound design what is sound design not entirely clear nope we have no idea andrew's gonna explain it all it's gonna be great we're gonna learn a lot so yeah. will you so stay tuned for those um They'll be coming to you on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. I got them out. I'm like, I'm in my own head because I've messed it up yeah. a couple times recently. And I'm, ugh. anyway, uh, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube where we posted the Catwoman Booze and Boost thing, right? Yay! I haven't seen it yet, but. It's mildly entertaining. All right. That's, uh, that's more than we can say for most of the stuff we put out. So yeah. we'll take it. Um, <clears throat> we're on Twitter at justice losers pod for some reason um we're on instagram at justice losers pod uh where we need to have movies start coming out so we can do hashtag free maria and i feel like i've said that every week for the past six months but um it's probably not true there have been movies that have come out in the past six months not movies that have come out in the past three let's count onward and trolls to anyway world tour anyway <laughs> we're on gmail justice losers pod at gmail.com um where you can tell us some movies that you think have really good cinematography or some movies that have really bad cinematography uh, you can tell us what you think cinematography is we don't know we're gonna learn it'll be great um we have a patreon where you can send us money for movie tickets um you can send us lots of money so we can see Tenet several times to make up for our um, dearth of new movies over the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll review it. It'll it'll be it'll be great. It'll be a good time. We'll have fun. Yes. Good. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That was unsatisfying. That is two letter openers that I just whacked together as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs>